Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Before there was IMDb.com, there was Zach and Dustin. You know those guys who think they know everything about a movie without having to go on the internet to look it up? That's us, but maybe only for the years 1981 through mid-1989. No, I'd say late 1978 through early 1992. (laughs) Either way, we know movies. And even more specifically, we know soundtracks from those movies. Yeah, this is $2 Late Fee with Zach and Dustin. This is the podcast where we pick a movie and soundtrack from our youth that we loved and see if it still holds up today. All in the spirit of positivity and togetherness. Thanks for listening. On to the show. Okay, two words for you, Dustin. Passionate Rocketeer. That describes today's guest on our show, does it not? Well, I think it's one of those happy accidents, as we like to call them, when uh, a person joins our joins our pod and suddenly they get automatically deemed a name that is so perfect for them. And in this case, yeah, who knew? I mean, I guess Jesse joined, Jesse joined the pod and we're like, why do you call yourself Passionate Rocketeer? Because that's what it says under your name when you, when you joined. Presumably you entered that. And he's like, what do you mean? I'm like, oh, you were just automatically assigned that. And then, you know, over the next uh, hour, we're like, oh, that's you. That is your name. That's a perfect name for you. Yeah, he didn't know. He didn't know where that name came from. Had no idea how it got there. But it sticks because if you think about it, our guest today is Jesse Cove, the star of Cobra Kai, VFW, D Day, among many other films and projects. Uh, he's also the son of Martin Cove, who many know as Sensei Kreese from Cobra Kai. But he's a rising star. He is definitely a rising star, and I feel like we're catching him at a time when he's just about to take off and launch. And if you think about it, (laughs) Passionate Rocketeer is the perfect name for him. If you're going to launch, you may as well be wearing a rocket pack. Well, if you're going to launch, launch passionately. I think you're right. I mean, I think think we're really catching him before that that star explodes. And uh, it's just cool, you know, like... It's a laid-back dude, easy to talk to, and it was like uh, like connecting with an old with an old bud. Of course, we talk about his career and we talk about a lot of the projects he enjoyed working on. But we also had a really fun segment. The first time we had this segment, 
which you deemed $2 six questions sort of an arbitrary title that makes you feel good when you say it yeah a brand new segment not quite a rapid fire question but getting a little more insight into uh, into our guests minds oftentimes in shows you hear kind of the, the, the same old questions but we want to get to know our guests you know we want to get to know want to dig a little deeper so favorite cheat food or favorite music to listen to when you're working out etc etc you'll find out in this i mean i think we just spoiled the questions so you know (laughs) i I think a little taste is 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 okay yeah the answers we won't reveal until you listen to the episode jesse was totally like you know hanging out with a buddy and talking about things we all mutually love entertainment movies the guy has a real love for the work he's in he's very well again not to sound cliche but he's passionate about what he's doing he's got a drive he's rocketing off at a breakneck speed i did want to say that i i feel like you know jesse has is a wonderful compliment to what's happening this month which is uh of course if you're if you're following us it's it's martial arts madness all month long in march martial arts goodness for your palate martial arts madness is is so epic that we are having not one like we normally do not one interview but two interviews so um we've got one right now but we also have another special one coming up next week which if you're paying attention you already know who that is but if you're not paying attention then you're going to be really surprised in a great way yeah we're not going to tell you who it is you'll just have to find out next week but until then we don't hope we know you're going to enjoy this next hour with our very special guest, the one, the only, Jesse Cove. Enjoy. Jesse Cove, thank you so much for being on $2 Late Fee. This is really, this is really a treat. I'm very excited to be here, aside from the $2, but uh, I'm very excited. You're probably our youngest guest we've ever had on the show, because uh, most of the time we have. Oh no! One, no, one hundred percent. Like one hundred. You are the first person. One hundred percent. Like not born. You, yeah, you you're born in the nineties, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. This is wow. this is this is uncharted territory in the best way. Yeah, but I consider myself one of those like I've I've had so much like not I'm not like you know tooting my own horn. I've had a lot of life experience, and so like most of my friends are like either 10 years older than me yeah. and uh, I've traveled the world. So I, I, I consider myself like an old soul. That's just how I, I see it. So whatever we talked about, I'll probably be able to keep up with you. <laughs> well, yes, I, I was going to say some of the projects you've worked on actually harken back to retro era. So, uh, you know, specifically like VFW that you, that you, you know, we're in. Yeah, uh, so and we that. definitely want to cover that too, but I was going to see if you understood the, uh, the reference to $2 late fee. Did you, did you pick up on that? Uh, I'm trying to remember what that reference is from. Um, the life experience is flooding back and dwindling down. Uh, you got to tell me. I'm okay. So be- Dustin and I both worked at video stores back in the day and, uh, he worked at Blockbuster. I worked at a video store, a small chain called video man. And, uh, wow. I'm sure it'd be called video person nowadays. Who knows? But, uh, <laughs> right, <it will>. right. <laughs> video they, um, and so <laughs> I, I was, uh, our big policy was the $2 late fee. If you returned it after 7 PM, 701, you got, you got charged $2. So, uh, 
there were many a time people would bring in their video and say, wait, but, but it's 705, will you, please don't it's, charge me. Don't you see it on the wall, 701? Look, look here, guys. <laughs> it's so funny. I was literally just talking to my girlfriend the other day about like Blockbuster and Hollywood video and all that stuff, like how much fun it was to just go to the store. Like on a Friday night, Friday nights going to Blockbuster was like, incredible like oh, it's the best event going yeah. down the aisles getting your popcorn like you were there for an hour you're yeah. there for an hour picking stuff and it was like it was just so exciting i really really missed that it was just incredible well there's one yeah. there's one blockbuster left in oregon and wow. apparently there, there, there's a documentary about it called the last blockbuster oh, and, watch it. yeah it's and they actually have it i have it on vhs tape believe it or not Love it. Mine, uh, I, I'm going to get one on beta, actually. So. <laughs> beta was far better than VHS. It's just cheaper mm. for VHS. What about Laserdisc? Well, even better. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, thank you so much for being on our show. You know, this is like, this is a really, this is a really fun fact that we had you on here because um, we had a guest on not that long ago and Gabe Jarrett, who was in a movie called Real Genius. Oh, and yeah, of course. He, I know Gabe. Yeah, yeah. I Well, and... He brought you up. We brought you up because uh, we were talking about how Real Genius would be a great movie to kind of be reimagined as a television series nowadays. Yes. And and I said, you know, with the success of Cobra Kai, obviously, you know, the 80s and nostalgia are huge right now. And he goes, oh, yeah, well, you know, Marty's a good friend of mine. And I started he started talking about Martin, your dad. And I said, well, you know, I saw I, I was at a rosh hashanah i think or passover event in uh on wilshire years ago this was like early 2000s and your dad was speaking about you uh specifically uh at the podium and his love of his son and he was i mean he was he was very emotional and uh and i i was new to la at the time and my my my, my wife at the time was like you know i'm leaning over to go you know who that is She's like, well, yeah, Lainey Kazan was just here speaking. I'm like, yeah, that's a big deal. But this is what L.A. is, man. It's it's heartfelt speeches at a at a Rosh Hashanah podium every day. <laughs> Hollywood, man, where there's there's Jewish people everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> I, it was uh, I was I was bar mitzvah. My twin sister and I, we had a B'nai mitzvah together. So I totally I speak, awesome. from, I speak from knowledge. Do you remember that? That's that that time when your dad was there? I believe so. Yeah, I, especially because um, Lady Kazan was there. She was always at a lot of the, the temples we go to during uh, the high holidays. So I yeah. totally, uh, totally remember. And uh, yeah, that was really very humbling experience. <laughs> it was beautiful. No, I, and I was in all sincerity. Uh, it was a moment. I I, ha I wasn't a parent at that point. I am now. I have a six year old son, and I totally understand his love that he had for you. Uh, you know, and and that to, uh, that a parent has for their kid. And, and it was a beautiful thing. You know, I was a kindergarten teacher for a number of years and I uh, always around kids and, and, you know, I understand where the parents would come in and go, this is my son. You're talking about my son, you know, and then Hamilton comes out and he sings that song about his son. And I'm like, Oh my God, I'm a mess. Now, so. <laughs> <laughs> I totally understand, man. I can't wait to be a dad. Cannot wait to be a dad. So I totally get it. I have, I have furry, little furry children. Um, so I, there's a lot of love there. Like they've raised them basically, but, uh, I totally understand. And, you know, I, I love my dad obviously equally. Um, and, but you know, it's funny people, I don't think they, they, they realize either is that like, you know, even if like you butt heads over the years, like my dad and I have butted heads hardcore over the years, we have swept each other's legs more than you can count. And, <laughs> and uh, 
But at the end of the day, it's like it only made us stronger, and we were to get over those things and then become like you know now we're now he and I are just like back to back against the world. You know, it's pretty it's yeah. pretty amazing. Well, it's pretty badass the fact that you know your dad was a and we're we're not going to be talking about your dad that much. But I I this sets up the uh, the question I have for you. It's really cool that you know your dad is an icon of action cinema for sure, and 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 the follow in. I don't say follow in your father's footsteps. I say it in a way, I'm a big pro wrestling fan. I grew up watching, you know, oh, great. all the greats, right? And then I look at somebody now like Randy Orton, who is a third generation wrestler and terrific in his own right. But people look at him and they don't go, well, that's the son of Bob Orton. That's the son of Bob Orton. I mean, they did oh, initially when he got a start, you know, The Rock, Dwayne Johnson. Oh, he's he's the son of Rocky Maivia, you know? and right. And then- look at you and say, yeah, well, you know, Jesse is the son of Martin Cove for now, but well, not, not too long from now we'll be saying, well, that's Jesse Cove period. We have that Joe. That's so funny. So my dad always makes this joke. He's like, Oh, this is my son. Eventually they're just going to introduce me. Oh, this is Jesse's father. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I can't wait. He's like, I can't wait. So it's funny, but You're um, well on your way, man, you, you, you have such a dynamic look first of all. And, okay. uh, and, and, you know, in the in the performances you've had on screen, you obviously know what you're doing. Uh, you're having a good time, you know. And your projects are diverse. You're doing everything from like, you know, cutesy love movies to like hardcore action flicks. Yes, yes, this is true. I, I'd like to expand the whole the range of what I do. Funny enough, I love to do uh, like deep period pieces, that pieces that don't take place in the present time. I just find it much more. Um, I don't know, en enriching and able to like sink my teeth into like character pieces, like the World War II movie I did called D-Day. Yeah. I literally jumped into that character like just fully. I mean, it was just so. I don't know. There's something about doing these 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 time pieces that I just resonate with. I feel like I can free myself up as a character even more. I did this movie in China with Joseph Fiennes, another World War II movie, and it took On place wings in, of eagles of eagles. Yeah, yeah, and that took place in 1937 and. I just felt so like you're in the clothes, you're in the period, the sets, everything. I, I just, you know, you can just kind of like become this character and you can talk like this. And, oh, James, why don't you bring me another cup of tea? And, you know, all that kind of thing. <laughs> and it's just, it's so much easier to to jump into that. And uh, anyway, um, thank you so much for those compliments. I, I so appreciate it. Really quickly, because you were talking about wrestlers. My girlfriend just showed me, uh, which you, I'm sure you guys have seen. She showed me this movie that I loved recently called They Live. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Which was so much fun. I freaking loved it. Loved we were, it. I was just talking to uh, an actor who was in that film named Peter oh, Jason. Peter Jason's Amazing. done, you know, 18 John Carpenter movies or whatever. And uh, and They Live has the longest fight scene. Well, actually, Dustin and I saw They Live at the Egyptian on Hollywood oh, um, so about great. a year ago, actually before the pandemic, obviously. Oh my God, that would have been amazing. Yeah. Just like two years ago at this point. Is, we we uh we went with a friend of ours, a mutual friend, uh, this guy named Mike DeCamp, who's a stuntman, and and he's like laughing the whole time. He's like, This this fight scene's ridiculous. And I'm looking at him going, No, this is the best fight scene. This is the best. I was watching, <laughs> I was like, I can't it's going on for like 15 minutes. It was just it, you know, yeah. I thought it was over, and then he brings him over and, he, and then he starts kneeing in between the legs, and I'm just like and then my girlfriend even showed me like the South Park episode where they made fun of the of the fight scene, which was <laughs> on the floors. It was amazing. Oh, that's awesome. All because he won't put on the glasses. He's like, <laughs> put on the glasses. It's not that hard. Put on yeah. the glasses. Yeah. It was like we clocked it. I think it was five minutes and 24 seconds or something. Right. Like yep. that's what it was. Yeah. Literally which, beating the shit out of each other, like like in the most beautiful yeah. way. Oh, yeah. You know, originally that scene was only supposed to be about 30 seconds long. But then uh, Roddy and Keith David. 
not David Keith. (laughs) Because we just did an episode about that too. Um, They, they sat down together and they mapped out this scene and, you know, pro wrestlers get a lot of shit just because of the way, you know, the, the business is, but you know, somebody like Roddy Piper or like a macho man, Randy Savage, those guys used to sit down and map out every single thing that they would do. Mm-hmm. So makes sense. I'm glad you enjoyed it. <laughs> oh, it was such a blast. I, it, you know, could be very prevalent to what's happening now. Who knows? But, uh, right. Yeah. Right. And, uh, on the glasses. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> it, uh, yeah, it was fun. It was just fun. It was, it was perfect that you said that. They can always remake a movie like that. And you can yeah. easily play a, a John Nada. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm here to chew gum, and I'm. What does he say again? Uh, I've so come funny. here to kick ass and chew bubble gum, and I'm all out of bubble gum. Okay. <laughs> <Right. laughs> so and then he points his shotgun at one of the aliens and he, as they're phoning in their message to the space yeah. or whatever, and he goes, "Mama don't like no tattletales." So yeah, perfect acting, absolutely perfect acting. Now, had you, oh, had your had your girlfriend seen the movie? Was she inviting yeah. you into it? And like, you got to see this. And that uh, she's a big movie watcher, so which is fun. And she was she's like, "You got to see this. You got to see this. You're gonna love it." So, and then, um, yeah, she's showing me a lot of fun, um, uh, a lot of fun movies, a lot of fun action flicks that she likes. She likes action movies, so and it was funny that I hadn't seen this. Yes, one. I loved it. Well, if you like that movie, I mean, we could run down a list of our favorite. Actually, so I will tell you right now for when your episode airs, it will be in March. And we're doing like a fun um, ser- a fun series called Martial Arts Madness. Love it. <laughs> so, we'll be uh, featuring a lot of, um, you know, fun action movies from the 80s specifically, because that's what our show is about. And we interviewed uh, a guy named dad on here I'll, I'll we should do one together it'll be so much fun oh that would be phenomenal you know it'd be great okay that would be amazing it'll be a lot of fun and he's has such funny stories of like of him you know all these different movie sets and things and like you know he had this one story he's like he's on this boat that's like gonna go off a cliff in like guadalajara or something and like there's a helicopter that's supposed to like pick up the stunt guy off the boat and like take off and then like the the, the guy didn't screw up so the boat's like about to go off this cliff i mean it's just he has these funniest stories <laughs> anyway you're, you're talking about all this like he almost died it's hilarious it's very funny it was like it's just uh it's great but yeah it'll be fun i'd love to do that yeah that would be really like that 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 would kind of be the ultimate uh, love that. You know, yeah. closing of the, of the, of the, I see your appreciation for these movies and I, you've passed the test. So I will, I will. Then- <laughs> <laughs> like, well, you know, you bring up a good point where your dad was filming this, filming these hardcore action movies back in the day. And obviously the, the rules have changed substantially since then. So right. being an actor now making everything from period pieces, which have a lot of action and drama in them as well. Um, do you find, especially in COVID times right now, are you finding that challenging to make movies? It's definitely a challenge. It's, it's, it's a balance at the same time. I've been really fortunate enough. I've been working a lot during COVID. I've been very, very lucky. Um, and it's, you know, it's just kind of like, you know, especially on set because you're used to being very social with people and rehearsing lines and talking to them and, and, you know, even off camera. So it's just kind of like, you know, with the social distancing and everything, it's just a little bit more, it's just like another upheaval that you just kind of have to work around, you know, because yeah. you rehearsing the movie that, with masks on and also like, like some sets require a face mask and a shield, you know, and you're kind of like trying to, you know, do stuff with all this going on. And, you know, which is, you know, you're being safe, which is good, but yeah. you know, it's just like, it's just this balance. You got to work with it. 
it's just what it is. It's not forever. You know, this is what it is right now. And, um, you know, it's, I think in the beginning when COVID was first happening, cause I was one of like, I was in a movie that, that was on lifetime. That was one of three movies that were in California shooting at the time. Wow. And, uh, it's called Christmas on the menu. And, you know, it was interesting. It was interesting to be on the set because all the crew and everybody, I mean, everybody of course was so grateful that we were working. Like we were working when nobody was working. And that was like such a joy to see people just think, Oh, I'm so glad we're here and that we're creating right now. And, you know, so that's kind of, I think that's how everybody feels when they get the chance to work right now is that we're just we're working through all this, which is incredible, you know? Yeah, it's got to be so challenging. You know, we've talked to quite a few people since COVID has hit and they've had a very similar experience and you weather the storm, you know, and, and yeah. we're, we're grateful that you're able to keep working, you know, and, and I'm sure you are too. <laughs> it's just a testament to like, you know, it's like when the, the the Great Depression happened, it's like, look, like, you know, cinema still was happening, like film and television is still happening through all this. It's like, it's incredible that that this is still being able to push forward, that people want to make this happen, like, and through these tough times, it's like, you know, it's very important to people to continue to make movies and to make television. And it's just, it's just goes to show you the resilience of you know, this art form and how much people love it and how much people are, what people are like almost willing to put themselves in danger to get it, to get it done. You know, totally. Cheers for that. Cheers for that. Yeah. You know, yeah. um, you've worked on a larger scale with a huge crew probably. And then you've worked on very small scales with a, with a crew. And I was thinking I wanted to circle back to VFW because I know, you know, you're, you're, you, you have a, you have a role in that film. And I was actually just talking to William Sadler not that long ago. Oh, William's such a good friend. He's such a he's a great man. Love him. Terrific, terrific. And that film is such a great homage to Grindhouse kind of uh, vigilante flicks from the seventies and eighties, which it, we're obviously huge fans of. And was that yeah. fun doing that project? That project was such a blast. Well, Dallas Sunier, who's one of the producers on that, who's, who's such a great guy, um, and uh, he's just this like rebellious um producer who just wants to make great movies like for fans you know he kind of like stepped away from like the i guess you could say like kind of the, the studio um corporate aspect of cinema that that can can come about sometimes and he just wants to make these awesome action flicks and you know joe bagos who directed that i mean he was just so bloodthirsty throughout this whole movie oh yeah uh, it's not for the tame of heart that's for sure right but they do it in a way where it's not like it's not about the blood and the gore like no. that's just little aspect that they and they, they go away from it quickly you know yeah. and it's almost like it's like how tarantino does it the guy gets shot and it's like this giant spray of blood that just comes out of nowhere um and uh but when that when that script first came in i was talking to my dad and i was like dad you gotta do this this is this is such a great script it's incredible he's like oh it's like he says it's just so bloody he's just so <laughs> and I, was like, I was like i literally said i was like dad People want to see you kick ass at your yes. age, especially this way. Like, yes. yeah, to take an axe to the back of someone's head and smash beer bottles all over in their face, especially <laughs> these like horrible zombie-like people. Like, they're gonna just love it. And he goes, he goes, you're right, you're right. And so, anyway, <laughs> I met with the director as well, and and they wanted to, uh, they they. Um, we had a great conversation. I told them that I really liked this part, and and they liked the combination of my dad and I, and. Uh, we went down to, to Dallas, Texas to shoot that. And it was such a blast. I mean, literally when we were on set, it was like, you know, again, there was just like, literally there was one day cause the whole movie took place in this bar. And yeah. so yep. there was a day where we walked in and there was just a pile of, <laughs> a 
pile of bodies, prosthetic bodies and limbs to the ceiling. And it was just, I mean, it was, it was hilarious and it was so much fun. And then the cool thing about that movie was like watching these guys, um, you know, Bill Sadler, Stephen Lang, who's such a great guy as well. And, um, and Fred Williamson, who's hilarious, uh, you know, seeing all these guys together, like it was so cool to be around them. Between the, all of them, they've done like over 500 movies. Yeah. So oh my God. It, was like, it was, I mean, and, and they all, one of the reasons they all did the movie was because they realized the other guy was doing the movie. You know, it was kind of like an Ocean's Eleven situation. Totally. And Steve was like, oh, Fred and Marty are doing it. And Bill's like, oh, uh, uh, William Salazar, okay, great. Well, uh, let's, I'll do it fine. That's great. And so <laughs> interact and laugh about like the business and the, and their other past movies and the stories that they shared on that on that set was it was incredible it was incredible and then just watching them kick ass at the same time was you know people love to get killed by them they're like oh Stephen Lane <laughs> Stephen Lane's gonna throw an American flag through my chest I can't wait or like you know, Martin Cove's gonna drop this like pickle jar in my face and smash me with it's like I just like I'm so honored and uh, which was hilarious but you know, so I played honored. I, right, isn't that funny? And so, um, I'd and, be honored. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, for sure. sure. Yeah, but you know, I play one of these characters called the Hyper. They were like uh, these this drug infused like biker gang type group. Yep. And um, <laughs> Stephen Lang actually ends up killing me. He takes it. He he literally takes an axe to my chest, which was a really fun day. Um, <laughs> and uh, but it was such a blast. That movie was so fun and. Uh, you know, we love shooting it. it. It had a great story. The camaraderie of that movie was so important. Those guys, my dad used the example. It's like expendables, but in a bar. Yeah. And, um, it was just a, just a blast. I cannot wait to work with those guys again. Well, there's, there's a framework there that obviously the expendables kind of mapped out when that came out and, and throwing all these genre vets in the same film. And, uh, but VFW is, you know, takes it to a different level, I think. And, highly highly underrated in my opinion because it definitely deserves a wider audience but uh it's great yeah. that you're able to be in that and and be around these guys that you look up to uh that you have all these years did you know do you take it's one thing going to film school and learning techniques and going to acting school and having a great coach or a great teacher but being on set with these guys with with a with a teacher with a mentor you know besides your dad like Stephen Lang, you said, and William William Sadler. Do you find that you're you're getting even more experience being around these guys, like better better experience or different experience? Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, God, you bring up such great points. Love this. Oh, um, nice. I really have this conversation uh, with with someone else. It's something I love too. It's like, um, you know, when you're on set, being on set is like the best acting school you can ever get because there's a there's an understanding of like the the um, like the echelon of how a set works, who's at the top, you know, who's like, and how it trickles down to, to what, you know, not, not that one's better than the other, but it's just, there's a system of how it all works. And there's also like a communication on set and, and, and then there's a vibe and everything in the energy of a set and, and understanding that because you could show up to set and be completely prepared. And then they throw all this stuff at you yeah. and, you know, you may not know how to navigate through that. So, you know, obviously it's, it's very important to get as much experience as you can when you're on a set and, um, but like you said, being around these type of guys, like when I'm around those guys, I just love to watch and listen to them talk about, you know, what this worked and how it was working with this guy. You know, Steven was talking about Avatar and like, you know, you just can't help but like, oh, oh my God. Yeah. And, um, you know, it was incredible like hearing his stories, mm -hmm. James Cameron and, and then all these, you know, Fred Williamson talking about working with, 
with Robert Rodriguez and Dust Till Dawn, which is one of my favorite movies. Ditto. It's great. He told me like, like, I don't know if you guys knew this, but like they had to change the color of the blood in that movie to green because it was too much. Uh, it was too gory to wow. be red and they wouldn't release it. It was, wasn't green. Wow. That's why all those vampires then would have like green blood because if it was red at the time. It would have been like, it would have been rated like NC-17 or something like that. Wow. So that was like funny stuff like that that you never hear. And so, um, you know, there's always like these times where I'm, I'm on set or I'm working and I'm always like, I like, to, I like to be very, take moments for like gratitude. Like I'll just be there and be like, yeah. God dang, this is a great moment. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Like just take it in for a second. I think it's so important to do that. And like, cause you're always moving so fast. And I used to do this too, whenever I have auditions, like on a studio lot, which, you know, hasn't been recently just because of COVID stuff, but I would always, I would always have an audition in a studio. And then most people like they go into the office and then they leave like, and then, I walk around. I go on the back lot. Yeah. And I'm checking things out and I'm looking around and I'm seeing what's happening. And, you know, I'm like, oh, that's great. Okay, cool. And I'm just like looking at, I just like being in those environments. It's like fun. And I don't know why most actors don't take that opportunity. Like, you're already there. Just go walk around and enjoy yourself. Great point. Yeah, for and- real. I, I mean, that that that's the, that's, I think, again, that's another reason why we love having you on the show because you're a fan of film, you know? Yes. And Thank and you. we've we've talked to people before and we brought up the point that, you know, whether a movie is considered good or bad or whatever, there's a bunch of people involved making this thing, a bunch of artists and yeah. be, be, forget about the, the money people and the people that just care about making the dollars. Cause those people are there too. And, but ultimately the people that put their blood and sweat and tears into these projects need to be cherished and appreciated, whether the film is an Academy award winner or whether it's like 1% on rotten tomatoes, whatever it, it finds an audience, hopefully, and there's someone out there that appreciates it. And I just love that you're taking the time to go visit, visit other sets. And I would be doing the same thing if we were on, you know. Yeah, that, dude, that's awesome. I love that you said that. It's so true. It's very true. I and mean, people don't realize like making movies is so difficult. It's, it can be easy, but it's, it's one of the hardest things you can ever do. You know, it's like getting a group of people together and, and shooting something. I mean, what it takes to just get a damn shot off with the proper lighting and the lines and getting an actor here and the makeup and all this to finally get what the finished product that people see. It's like they kind of forget sometimes. And it really is. It is. It's amazing what it takes to get, a, you know, a, a movie done and then to, you know, have it to be good. And um, yeah, it's all very exciting. It really is. Like I, another example was like my dad did a movie in India when I was like 12 and I went and flew out there to visit him. And, you know, they were shooting on these, like, I mean, in India, it's like the scales, like times 10, you know, they have these sound, they have like, they have like a thousand acres just for like shooting movies and like all this crazy stuff and man-made lakes and whatever. And he was shooting this movie called Crocodile 2. And um, yeah. <laughs> it's kind of like Lake Placid. Yep. And I remember when I got there, uh, my dad literally was in this scene where like his helicopter went down. They had a, they had a, they had a prop helicopter in this like lagoon walk in this lagoon. And he comes up out of the water. <laughs> I remember I, I just got into set that day and I was like, I found this like dinghy boat and I just like took this dinghy boat out and I was like, just kind of paddling around and they were shooting like way over there. And he, he told me, I remember he said he came out of the water, he was looking around and then he saw my son and his son in the distance on this like little dinghy boat paddling around in, in the middle of India. And it was just like, I don't know. At the time I was, I just felt comfortable doing that, but <laughs> things like that, it was just fun to be in those environments and explore it. And you know, why the hell not? Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. You have such a different experience being on set as a kid, watching your dad be in movies. And now you're making movies 
And, you know, then you do uh, the short little show, no mercy with your dad, which was a fun, yeah. I remember, first of all, I saw the poster and I'm like, okay, uh, that hooked me in the minute I saw the poster because it. it just looks so badass. And just the concept and obviously being children of the eighties and loving all eighties things, nostalgia, doing a film, which was kind of arcade uh, inspired, obviously, was that fun? Obviously that was a fun experience doing that with your dad, right? Oh, it was great. I mean, one, you should have those guys on here who directed that because they directed me in, in the next movie they did, which was with Kevin Smith and Lynn Shank, Greg yep. Runberg. Cineforge guys? Yeah, dude, yes. Um, dude, they would, they're so, I, I'll do anything for them. I have such a blast with them. We like, um, you know, they had presented that to my dad and I. They were huge. They're literally like, just like the directors of Cobra Kai, these guys are like huge nerds that love making stuff for the fans. So when they made Show yeah. No Mercy, it was like this great homage to Karate Kid. And then, you know, they wanted to put this fun, like Ready Player One spin on it. And it was totally. such a like, little short. We did, we shot that in Arizona. And, you know, it was just, we had a blast doing it. We just had a great time. And it's like, it's, you know, it's, it went to like several film festivals and um, it went to like, I forget this really big one in, in, in Canada that was just, it, it did great. And um, it was just such a blast. And, and again, it was like fun for my dad. This was before uh, Cobra Kai. So it was fun for him to kind of like, you know, play with that character a little bit. And they have all these like funny little Easter eggs in that short, like they have my dad's little action figure, like on the bar, yeah. you know, <laughs> and then like sweep the floor you know like it was just fun <laughs> for us to do that together and uh those guys are those guys are fantastic scott scott, scott condit and jeremy tremp yeah and you followed that up with uh is it max max reload and the yeah max reload and the nether blasters yeah 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 so that another equally fun experience being on set doing a movie like that yeah so it was <clears throat> They wrote that character for me. Um, they literally had me in mind when they wrote this. It's like this this guy named Steve. He's like, he's like this overjoyous, like uh, basically like a like a gym junkie, but but the nicest guy. Like you just can't help but like love him. He's so funny. He's like, yeah, you know, just kind of did all my sets. You know, it's like one of those, <laughs> like so fun. And um, it's so basically the movie is like a, a science fiction action gaming comedy. It's I mean it's got everything in it. It's like you know, these kids that run a video game store, they end up getting this like old Coleco video game that like the, the demons from this game come out into the world and they have to like battle them. And it's just, it's so much fun. And so I, I was telling my dad, I was like, dad, there's a great part in here that you should like, you know, it's, it'd be fun to work with these guys again. And so he had this like fun scene. I wasn't even with me at all. And he had this fun scene with the main character, Tom Plumley plays his like grandpa or whatever. And he like, um, he helps him get through school and it's just, it was, it was a lot of, it was a lot of fun. It was a blast. And then, you know, working with like Kevin Smith was just hilarious. And um, I also love the subject matter of the movie. Like just, it, it had, again, another, it had an eighties vibe to it. Um, Greg Grunberg was one of the producers on it from Star Trek and Star yep. Wars. Yeah. And we just had everyone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, everyone loved working on that movie because it was just like this small movie, but it was like everybody knew the script was great and the subject matter was hilarious. And making comedies is just so much fun. It's just like you can't help but just laugh all the time. It's 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 the best. Is that your favorite genre to work in or do you have a particular genre you like? I love everything. Comedy for me comes really, really naturally. Um, I just can quickly like pick up the cues and like I can go there really quickly if I need to. So I always have so much fun when I'm doing comedy. I don't get enough of it. Um, but it's coming. There's more coming. Um, so yeah, there is. Um, yeah. yeah, I love everything. Like I said, period pieces, action stuff. I mean, oh man, if I could ever do something with like, you know, I'm close. I so um 
a guy named uh, Taron Butler who trains uh, John Wick uh, for all the, I mean, sorry, Keanu Reeves for all the John Wick. <laughs> no, it's John Wick. No, no, it's John Wick now. <laughs> right, right, exactly. So he, he and um, actually my girlfriend's brother's name is Zach Smith. They both uh, train me uh, in with firearms and weapons training. Um, so I'm close. So we'll see. But uh, I enjoy that aspect of movies as well. You know, weapons and stunts and fighting. It's just, it's just so much fun. Well, I love, I, you said something earlier that really resonates with Dustin and I, actually, we bring it up quite often on our show. You talked about being grateful. And, uh, I say to my son all the time, especially right now, I say, be grateful for what you have, not what you want. And yeah. you have so much to be proud of on, in your own right. You know, it's really cool. I think, um, just hearing you, you, your, your passion is so obvious the way it comes out and your love of cinema and, and, and all things movie related. And, and I think that is such a important thing to recognize that, you know, you got to do what you love and you're getting to, and how cool is that? And Passionate to- Rocketeer, man. Yeah. Passionate Rocketeer. Passionate Rocketeer is really <laughs> fitting actually. <laughs> I mean, yeah, exactly. It's true, man. I, and I haven't always been like that. I've been the other, the, the other side of that. Yeah, of course. I think, you know, you, you do like a lot of, I do a lot of like work on myself. And so like, it's sometimes just to sit there and be like, wow, this is just a great moment. Like, this is awesome. And you, you know, just to do that, it just kind of puts you in present time. And then you're kind of, again, you have your gratitude and you just feel great about what you're doing. And I think that, you know, um, I think that's important, especially in our business. You know, there's a lot of ego in, in this business and, yeah. you know, it's, oh. uh, yeah, <laughs> it's important just to be, I guess, you know, grounded and, um, you know, I have these conversations with my dad all the time. You know, we talk about, you know, the stuff that he's doing and the stuff that I'm doing. Even when I was doing my war movie, D-Day, um, you know, he he <clears throat> was able to come to set one day and we were doing this massive scene on the beach with explosions and guys like jumping in the air. And and he was there and, and I was like, I, I went to the writer and I was like, you got to just like throw him in here somewhere. Like where, like well, have him get shot on the beach. He'll, he'll love it. Yeah. He's done a war movie. World War II movie. And he's like, well, would, would he do that? Would he, would he really do that? And I was like, yeah, I'd love to. So they wrote this entire like four page scene awesome. with me, myself, and one of my dear friends who plays the other lead, uh, Weston Cage Coppola. Um, and, uh, and it was just this great scene with he and I, my dad shot, he's got a cigar, of course. And like, I'm lighting it and he's helping us like give some information before he dies. It was like this beautiful moment that they were able to like throw together a few days beforehand. And like those, again, it's those kind of moments. You're like, ah, like that was just freaking awesome. You know, yeah. that that was happen. And um, so, yeah, man, it's just, it's just magic. It's just a lot of magic. And obviously he was excited to do it. And, and um, it's, it's just, it's just great to have those kind of those, those surprise moments that, you know, we get to do in our job. That's wonderful. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free.
And obviously D-Day holds a special place in your heart because, you know, it, it, making a war movie is not easy, I'm sure. Oh, my God. Literally, that's probably the most difficult film I've ever done. It was the physically really? and emotionally draining. I mean, one um, – so my, my my dear friend Weston, he also grew up in a similar way I did. His, his dad is Nicolas Cage. And we talk about growing Who's up. Who's that? Who's Nick? What? Right. Yeah. So we talk about growing up in the business all the time. That's how our relationship formed. Was we, in high school, we met and kind of started talking. And, like, you know, it's cool to have that kind of understanding from someone else, you know, especially from his, you know, his dad's caliber. And, yeah. and so, you know, we've over the years, like, we're like brothers. And over the years, we talked about wanting to work together. And finally, it was funny. D-Day came up. And I was calling him and he goes, he's like, oh, I just had this great audition for this, for this World War II movie. I was like, oh, man, so did I. That's great. <laughs> he's like, is it D-Day? I'm like, shut up, dude. Yeah. You're not and then we both got callbacks, both actually read for each other's roles and different roles. And then like within days of each other, we both literally booked uh, the leads of this movie. Like, and we're like the best of friends. And so for the two oh, of them, I love that. that was like, it was unheard of, dude, unheard of. That's awesome. It was amazing. And so, you know, he and I drove down to set together and like we really put like our heart and soul in this movie because one, the subject matter of like these these war heroes from, you know, um, D-Day. Yeah. So really, you know, and, you know, I love the military and, and all that stuff. So I, I really we took it very seriously and we wanted to honor these guys. And like, you know, we were running on the beach every day, you know, guys dying around us, emotional, you know, all the emotionality around it as well. It was a tough, tough movie. But again, like again we talked about these moments where we're like grateful there's a scene where we're literally with all these guys on this like boat when we stormed the beach in the um lcas and i was turning to wes and i was like you know man i know we're tired and everything but like can you imagine what these guys really went through like literally oh, imagine yeah. shot at while yeah. storming the beach like it's horrible and then so it's like we couldn't complain anymore you know and uh it's just interesting to tying those things all together you know you bring up a good point because uh my dad was a former navy seal and part of one of the first SEAL teams, actually, um, before they became SEAL Team, well, what is now SEAL Team 6, um, he was part of the Underwater Demolition Team 21, which I think became the first SEAL Team, like got renamed. And uh, he tells me stories. Now he he tells my my son stories that he wouldn't tell me when I was a kid. I'm like, Dad, why are you holding out on me? You know, he's like, well, I wasn't ready for it. You know? But uh, but he watches a lot of war movies and and he'll laugh oftentimes, you know, where he'll go, oh, man, this is, you know, not the way it is. Or, or yeah. But then the flip side, he goes, wow, that's really accurate. Like G.I. Jane, he said, is like the best representation of what SEAL training really looks wow. like you know and he yeah. loves that movie and uh and i told him i told him about about d-day and he's like oh i gotta i gotta put that in my queue he's like is that what I it is that. you know? that's awesome i love that <laughs> yeah yeah and he but but there's that idea of you're on set making this movie and it's kicking your ass there's not there's nothing wrong with acknowledging but well, this is hard work you know but, yes. but then also the realization of like yeah but man the guys that did do this it's two separate animals you know and I, yeah. and I try to say that to to my son and any anybody else it's like there's nothing wrong with appreciating how challenging it was for the people you're you know recreating yeah. but right. there's also nothing wrong with acknowledging how challenging it is to make a movie of that caliber exactly we totally acknowledged how challenging it was but we also were like <clears throat> we're doing it for these guys as well you know like we're showing we're, like, yeah real guy you know first sergeant lamell and and he did he played a character in colonel rudder who was you know so important in, in in the real aspect of that battle and so yeah we thought about that all the time i mean we were tired we were smoking unfiltered you know uh lucky strikes and um you know it was just like it was really 
experience, but rewarding at the end. I mean, it was physically the most draining movie I've ever done, but I was so proud at the end. I have a huge poster of it right here, but, uh, but, um, if you might be able to see it, we'll have to take your word for it. Oh, there it is. Oh, nice. (laughs) That's amazing. That's badass. It's, um, oh, that's my dad and I actually in Havana, Cuba. Oh, (laughs) nice. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Havana's great. I, I took after your dad's frosted tips for quite a while. So look at that hair. You and I could be like brothers almost, except you're way better. No, I was like, is it looking good for Jesse for passionate, (laughs) passionate rocketeer? Yeah. You use similar uh, products, I feel like you guys. I think we do. <laughs> I, I love it. You know what's you funny know, too? I, I from every movie I do, I like to like take some sort of memento away from it. So like what did I I took oh from DD I took my um uh, I think you I think you just said props, but I, I took my like yeah. zippo lighter that I bought that was like an authentic zippo lighter that I used in the movie. Oh nice. It was like a fun little thing to have these little things that you take from each movie as like a, a little token of like, you know, yeah, this was real, I was there and I did this. It's always fun. I, you know. My collection is starting to grow, but meanwhile, there's uh, a knock on the door and like, Hey, uh, have you seen my Zippo lighter that I was looking for? <laughs> it was my grandfather's. Uh, <laughs> no, I don't know why I brought it to this movie, but yeah. <laughs> you, you brought up uh, the fact that you were smoking lucky strikes on that. And, you know, obviously you're a fit guy, Dustin and I try to be very mindful and stay in shape. Sure. And I, I do yoga every day. And, and, uh, I'm like, Dustin, you and I can zoom yoga. We can, we can do, I'll teach you how to do my, cause I do this DDP yoga, which is, um, I don't know if you know who diamond Dallas page is, but he was a yeah. former, so yeah. he former pro wrestler who turned, uh, took yoga and wrestling and kind of combined it in a funny way, you know, like actually P more P 90 X and, and yoga. Okay. And, um, yep. and it's, it's a very power based yoga, you know? Okay. But you said smoking cigarettes on set and like probably that destroyed you for a minute, probably. Right. It's hard. I, I was a smoker for a while. Uh, you know, I don't, I haven't really smoked cigarettes like, you know, as a smoker in like 10 years, but it's kind of this terrible thing. I always, I always use being on set or a character as an excuse to smoke cigarettes (laughs) because it's like, Oh, it's, for the character it's just part of my job and you know obviously, <laughs> do that in the scene like i had this i had this huge like 10 like this five minute segment where i'm like the, a friend of mine dies and i'm smoking a cigarette and you know we had to do that like over and over again oh maybe i regret this but i don't know there's some like element of like you know obviously there is a toll to that you know you know it's, it's gonna affect your body but i think you know anything in excess is you know gonna, gonna is too much but um, I think there's a nice realism to that as well. You yeah. know, these guys, these guys are freaking smoking cigarettes during this time. Like they, they, they were going to die any minute. So they're going to have a cigarette if they wanted it. And so I just wanted to add that extra element of like realism to it totally. as well. Um, it looks kind of weird. It looks kind of weird when, uh, you know, there's, there's uh, CGI smoke or, yeah, uh, in it. yeah. it's just kind of like, just, you know, yeah, it's, it's, it can be difficult. And obviously that's my choice. You know, I'm not forcing anybody. To no, just, no. But like when I did on Wings of Eagles, Joseph Fiennes and I, we had to we had to lose a lot of weight for that movie because we basically were POWs in this mm. like internment camp. And like he and I would be running every day together, and we'd be eating like apples and almonds. That's it. And I have <laughs> photo. It's like I I look so much thinner than I am now. But again, we both wanted to commit to like that. Yeah. That aspect, you know, not as far as like Christian Bale, but we did do that. And again, you're adding that element of realism and like you know, are you really? we were very committed to the roles and I was very committed to that part. I, I, I do like to do that for certain films that I need to, where I'm very much, I commit myself fully to that, to that character. And it also, I think it's, you know, it helps as well. It's like, you know, seeing me, if I was super fit and in, in, in massive in like a POW camp in 1937, you're just kind of like, well, that's, that doesn't really work. 
Right. What's he eating? And why why apples and almonds? It was just a it was like a fulfilling meal. Like the 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 apple kind of the the uh, the water from the apple and a little bit of the nutrition from the apple like filled you up. You felt good. And the almonds were also just a nice snack. And um, we just try to keep keep it really light on the, you know the food we were eating. Nothing too heavy. Yeah. Yeah. We were on a really strict diet. It was tough, but it, it worked out great. So I was we were proud of ourselves. That's awesome. I just wanted to say that our audiences would be very upset if we didn't talk about Cobra Kai at some point, because we've had this excellent interview, of course, yeah. 45 minutes, but we have to, we have we to have bring to. up, you know, the, the, the one show that yeah. Uh, yeah. is on everyone's, you know, Netflix is blown up Cobra Kai and you, and you are in season Everywhere. three and you have a really interesting character because you are, uh, you are your, 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 your father's character's bully in the fifties. Um, 1965. Yes. 1965. Okay. And, uh, and so obviously this is a very interesting dynamic because you are connected to your father's character without actually being connected to your father's character. And you, uh, you know, you, you're, you're to, to not pull any punches. You're a douche and, uh, you know, you you, you do it great. I really, um, not, you know, in the nicest (laughs) way. I mean, you really, you really are, you really are excellent. And, um, (laughs) <laughs> and your character is is sort of like almost like an origin story to how Crease became Crease. And I'd love to hear, you know, how your relationship with the show and how that came about. And um, well, thank you. Yeah, I, I when I first got the audition for that, um, my manager was like, "Dude, they got this. They want to bring you in for this for this role." And I was like, "Okay, great, great." And I was like, well, "What do you know anything about?" It? He's like, "Dude, I don't. It's like some sort of flashback sequence." I'm like, "All right." And then I studied it and I still didn't really understand what it was, what was going to go on. And then when I went in the room, I asked them some questions and they explained to me what the sequence was going to be. And I was just like, God, you guys are brilliant. This is amazing. And then, you know, I did the scene. It was, it had this very much like, you know, back to the future vibe to it. Totally. Yeah. And I remember when I was in the room, I was like, I was like, guys, how much of an asshole do you want me to be? Like, you want like, is this, am I really just the worst? They're like, yeah, we just want you to fully be like, you know, just bring it. And I was like, all right. So I went in there, <laughs> nice, a horrible guy, and um, they gave me one adjustment. And then, you know, about a week and a half later, they're like, dude, they loved, they loved what you did. And I was just thrilled. I was so thrilled. My dad was already in Atlanta shooting season three. It already mm-hmm. started when they did this process. And uh, then they told me, you know, they're going to bring you down there. And, um, and I was like, well, I'll just go stay with my dad. It'll be great. And uh, it was just, it was one, it was really exciting to, to just even know that I was going to be joining that universe in that way. Uh, it was like very surreal. And, you know, obviously I was very excited. My dad was so, so excited. And it was also just trippy because I never thought in, the, in, in, in my lifetime that I would be in, in the Karate Kid sure. universe. And I'm, yeah. I'm part of the original like OG Karate Kid universe. Yeah. You know what I mean? and Cobra Kai in, in a cool way. So, you know, it was, it was, I took it on, I was very, um, I was honored and I also wanted to really like step up to the plate, you know, because this was very important and it was also like connected to my family. So it was a really, it was a very, very uh, personal piece as well. And, um, you know, when I got to set, you know, everybody was very excited about this whole, it was like the first time they really delved into these, like these intense flashback sequences, especially about, you know, Greece and, um, I bet I met uh, Barrett Carnahan who plays young Crease. Yeah. It was like a funny little vibe on set. And like Barrett was telling me, he's like, oh, he's like, I'm going to, I'm going to be fighting this guy who's actually Marty's <laughs> son. He's like, 
I don't know how I feel about this. Is you know, is he a nice guy? And I'm like, we met each other. We just hit it off. It was great. And he's such a fantastic actor. And my God, does he look like my dad? Yeah, it's uh, a trip. It's a trip. It's they did a great. His hair is just perfect. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and so, you know, and even the writers, they were talking about like they shot that whole sequence very cinematically, like a movie, and they treated it like like that um, that day. And they were even saying John, Josh, and Hayden. They were like, oh, you know. Uh, we've never really done uh, like a period piece before. So this is very exciting for us. And I was like, oh, it's great. And then, you know, everything was going well. They had all these cars there. It was a really big day. They, you know, 5 a.m., we pull up to this diner. They've got all these 60s cars and like all these extras and, and, and you know, wardrobe. And we're like, you wouldn't think we're shooting freaking Cobra Kai. You <laughs> yeah. know? And, you know, we're doing the scenes. And then in comes my dad to want, he wants to watch. He came in that day, and, you know, and then, it's like it was so surreal to like see him yeah. watching me and like talking to the younger version of him and like and bullying no him. pressure there yeah it was just this weird experience and like everybody had this this energy on the set where like everybody just was like loving what we were doing and it was like important and so we just had a blast man you know we did i did all the stunt training with with hero coda a few days before with the fights nice and, and um it was just a blast and uh by the way i when i was fighting uh young crease and that it was 90 degrees outside. I was wearing a huge freaking, you know, jock jacket and it was humid as hell. And, uh, it was a lot of work to make it look like I wasn't sweating. Um, I had this <laughs> conditioning unit right here on like my face and it was just a blast, man. It was so, it was just a great day. It was just one of those days. It was unforgettable. My dad was so, he was like a little kid shooting with his camera. Oh, that's and cool. I've said this before, like they, the, the writers kept saying, Marty, like you got to get out of the shot, Marty. You can't, Get out of there with your camera, and he's, <laughs> you know. And uh, it was very exciting. It was exciting for everybody, and you know, it's also just great for. Um, I really wanted to serve the character well and, and to tell this story because it, it's such an important part of Crease's journey. Yeah, recognizing him and, and justifying a little bit of where he comes from, yep. and you know, being this the bully to like the biggest bully was really interesting as well. You know, it was like. And I love how they made it seem like, you know, he was just basically like, you know, he's the bus boy, this, this nice guy. And I'm the one who ends, you know, being this horrible guy slapping Betsy. And and uh, it was funny. Every take, I was like, you know, um, Emily, uh, I was like, I really don't want to do this. But, you know, she's like, it's fine. Just go go ahead. And I was like, you know, and then oh and uh, yeah. we didn't I didn't make contact, of course. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. We don't condone that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Special it was a special time, and everybody was excited, and you know I was so thrilled to be a part of it. And the, you know the the outpour from the fans from the show was just unbelievable. Oh, huge! You know, yeah, it's it was just you know it was just amazing. It was a great day. It was it was an incredible incredible experience. Again, I was sitting there going like, "Yeah, I'm here right now. This is, right? uh, this is happening again." Come on, you know? well that that's that's the thing. Dustin and I were talking before we came on the air a little bit of that that this series is. Um, it's such a fanboy series in a good way, you know, that it's, it's the Marvel cinematic universe has exploded, right? That everything's Marvel everywhere, almost to the point where it's now at the point where people are going, Oh, it's another Marvel thing. Not, I'm not that person. Dustin isn't either, but you know, there are people out there like that. Cobra Kai, the fact that, that, that this project, the, the, the little engine that could with karate kid that could have died out in the early nineties and then just been right. done comes back and it doesn't just come back in a little way. I mean, obviously when it hit YouTube and I'm a part of that group where it's like, Oh, day one, I had it on YouTube, you know? Yeah. Right. Now it's on Netflix and everybody's, you know, 
championing championing it obviously in a great way and um you know Dustin and I did a, a top five bullies list uh in a previous episode before we interviewed actor Richard Tyson um wow. who's in a movie called three o'clock high which I highly recommend you see if you haven't watched yeah. it yet and we talked about obviously that bullies come from another bully you don't just wake up one day and go I'm right. just gonna be this douche you know yeah and exactly. and it's great to see an origin story for someone like Sensei Kreese, because you want to know, wait, where did this guy come from? You know, and and yep. and it's so beautiful that you had that opportunity. Um, hopefully, you know, obviously they're making season four right now, and maybe you'll be factored in, into it in some way. But but uh, what a trip to be on set going, I'm kicking my dad's in ass. the past. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. I'm there. This is for all those times you you, you made me yeah. do these chores. I'm gonna. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it really was very special. And it, it is amazing what's happened with Cobra Kai. I mean, you know, it's, um, it's, it's, it's honestly, the show is rolled out in a way that's been so perfect. We've never experienced it before. Like, you know, it was with YouTube, you know, YouTube was great because they gave the writers the creative freedom to make the show versus all these other studios that they went to. YouTube was like, yeah, you guys, whatever you need, we'll give it to you. Yeah. And then it's obviously not a, you know, a, a, a true, um, um, you know, movie studio, but they were going for it. Now, now they don't even have any scripted content anymore. Um, yeah. <clears throat> but it was a huge deal. It was record-breaking numbers. And then, you know, after, after the contracts or whatever, then they shopped it around. And there was basically like there was a bidding war between all these major studios for Cobra Kai. It was like Amazon and Hulu and Great. And, and then Netflix, of course. And then, you know, Netflix came in and they're like, we want this now. <laughs> and, uh, and, you know, so which was great and because they'd originally gone to Netflix early on. And um, and so that happened, which was great. And then obviously being with like the biggest distributor in the world was it was a huge deal because now people that because people kind of knew about the show, but they didn't they, really. They, like, didn't. they were like, they did. Cobra Kai. YouTube. They didn't. No, and it's like it's yeah. amazing. Right. Other than so Zach, then, I should say, other than Zach, you know, was, Zach knew. Zach watched. <laughs> Zach watched the first day it came out. Right. Yeah. Day one. I know, I, dude. I was there too. I was there too, man. And so it was like, uh, and then that happened, and then they rolled out season one and two on Netflix and got people so excited about it. People were already home because of COVID. Perfect um, timing. I know. Unfortunately, the circumstances are what yeah. they are. People yeah. were home. That's a fact. So everybody was able to watch it. And then they rolled out season three. Like I think it was like four or six months later, which was like, I mean to release two seasons of a show and then have the third season come out like six months later is like, it was like, just, it was like Cobra Kai mania. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <truly>. Brother. <laughs> yeah. Literally. Exactly. It was like, watch Cobra Kai. <laughs> and, um, and so, I mean, it was amazing. And then obviously like the world, you know, the Cobra Kai just blew up around the world. I mean, I remember when it was released uh, Barrett who plays young crease and I, we were texting each other all day the weekend. And I was like, dude, I feel like my phone has been glued to my hand this weekend. It hasn't stopped. You know, they did an entertainment weekly article that came out with my dad and I, all this outpour, the fans, the followers. I mean, it was just like, it was crazy. It was crazy. And, um, did you do you that typo that Billy blanks typo workout? <laughs> the Cobra Kai type. <laughs> Dude, I thought that was amazing that they did, did that. It. I, I did it. That was a total secret. It was I so. It. I thought that was so smart and cool. It's it kicked and, my ass. I was sweating. He works hard. He he partners with actually one of my trainers, Eric the trainer. He they work together. So nice. Um, it was uh, it was just so great that they do that. And I think all these other things that have been Cobra Kai themed have been incredible. I mean, yeah. look at the, the QuickBooks commercial yeah. that my dad was in. It was totally. like that was, you know they they actually did uh, they did like research on what was the most 
um, like what people liked the most. They brought like 10 different concepts to people and the Cobra Kai one people resonated with the most. And that's why they did that. Anyway. Um, yeah. So that whole, you know, it, the way that it's rolled out has been incredible, like perfect. Really. It's been, there's been no hiccups. It's like, even though it was, it's not with YouTube anymore. It's like, it's been, it's, it actually worked in its favor. Yep. It's been amazing. It's just been amazing. And people, people are just craving uh, positive entertainment right now. So, yeah. and you're bringing it. Oh, such a great point. I talked about this yesterday. I was saying that, um, you know, one of the coolest things about Cobra Kai is that there's no guns, there's no special effects, there's no explosions, monsters, aliens, you know, there's none of that <clears throat> blood and gore. It's literally just kids kicking ass with karate and, you know, the original cast from the, from the, from the eighties. And then all this kind of like wisdom that comes with, you know, Miyagi-Do and then some wisdom that comes with Cobra Kai. And it's really like this amazing, you know, concept that's, I think it's going to really pave the road for a lot of other, like you said, you know, other, other stories and TV shows that like, look what they're doing with the mighty ducks now on, on uh, Apple, on, on Disney plus yeah. like that's similar to Cobra Kai in a way, you know, and people want, I think people really want to see some of that stuff come back again. Cause like you said, it is positive. It brings back a different time period where things were a little bit more, things were different where there wasn't social media, where there wasn't, everything wasn't instant gratification. Like, yeah. Kids were outside on their bicycles, you yeah. know what I mean? Um, and uh, it, it's like, I think it's really setting up a whole new slate of other projects that are going to use the same exact recipe that they use for Cobra Kai that will make these other shows successful that are, they're going to bring back. Um, so, and that's what's amazing about it too, is that people, you know, adults who watched in the 80s can now watch it with, you know, usually they have children and they're watching yeah. it with, and so everybody kind of gets this infusion of Karate Kid and Cobra Kai so again, it's like this, like you said, the little engine that could, that's now this like, you know, massive train that's moving. It's, it's, it's just crazy. It's just, it doesn't, it almost doesn't feel real sometimes. Well, we love hearing that. And, and Dustin and I, the, the, one of the reasons why we do this podcast is to bring a little positivity and nostalgic positivity, you know, bringing back uh, familiar names or new faces, obviously. And, uh, and, 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 and reminding people of why we love this business so much and what we love about this business. And it's so great to hear so many positive stories that have come out of you today about everything that you've been working on and will be working on in the future, you know, cause I said it in, in the beginning and I'll say it again, you know, you've got, you've got that. You're going to be a star, dude. That's what he's trying to say. You're going to be yes. a star. Guys, stop, stop. Keep going. And then this interview will be very valuable and we'll be the ones that said it. Yep. <laughs> you come back here. <laughs> We're starting to actually come towards the end of our, 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 our interview. And, and Dustin and I are going to try something new with you for the first time. We've never tried Love before. It. That's cool. Love it. This is a segment we are entitling $2, six questions. You will get, it's not really a rapid fire thing because we don't really need to be rapid fire, but you're going to get three questions from each of us. They're all very, uh, well, no, I won't, I won't even amp them up. I won't tell you if they're benign or tricky or whatever. Um, all right. So what is one movie role anytime in history that you would recast yourself as the lead? Oh, wow. That's such a good, uh, that's such a good question. Um, I'm trying to be as not super rapid fire, but, um, Probably, um, God, would I love, I mean, this isn't too far back, but man, would I love to play, um, wide Earp in like a tombstone. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's far back that's enough. Great. That, that's, that's a great awesome. answer. Get the period piece stuff. Yeah. And yeah. Wow. 
Look at you. And off the cuff. <laughs> I love it. But it's hard for me, either it's going to be Doc Holliday or, or uh, like, you know, when Val Kilmer is like, he says, what's his name, he says to him, he's like, oh, you're too drunk, man. You can't see. You're seeing two people. He's like, well, that's why I've got two both. <laughs> yeah. So great. But I, I go Kurt Russell all day, every day. That's, yes. that's my boy. That's my boy right there. But um, okay. What movie soundtrack do you use to motivate you or get you pumped up? Oh, I, on, not even kidding you. I listen to movie scores more than any other music out there. Literally when I'm working out in the car, when I'm thinking, when I'm reading Hans Zimmer is like my guy, always go to Hans Zimmer. His music is incredible. Whether it's gladiator, the dark Knight, like everything. So definitely Hans Zimmer, nice. uh, even like from, from, uh, I love his music from, um, oh, interstellar. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Movie scores are my jam. It's funny you say Hans Zimmer. Uh, we'll save this for another time, maybe when we get your dad on here. Uh, yeah. But I had Thanksgiving with Hans Zimmer years ago at his house in Malibu. And oh, it's, it's a long so- story. It's a great story. Uh, it's a humbling story. <laughs> but Hans Zimmer, I will tell you, hands down, one of the nicest guys. Such a good dude. Such a good love dude. It. But anyways, yeah. I love it. I didn't realize someone recently showed me, my girlfriend's friend told me, like, you know, he drinks when he does his, like, when he's performing, like he yeah. always has, like, I think it's like a martini or a cocktail yeah. off the piano or whatever when he's playing. I was like, I just think that's so cool. He's got, that's kind of like his, his gimmick, you know? It's great. So we talked a little bit earlier about, um, uh, video stores. You talked about your love of that time. What, uh, what movie, you know, you're, you're, you're a little bit of a youngster. So that maybe these were, you know, your, your age was, a <laughs> you were younger when you were renting movies, but what movie did you rent again and again more than others? Oh, that's good. Um, that's really good. I think it was, uh, boy, what was it? I think, I think Ghostbusters was one of them. Watched that all the time. And then um, I'm trying to remember so many. God, there was like so many, so many great movies when I was growing up. Um, Ghostbusters was one of them for sure. And probably you're going to laugh. I think it was like my, with my sister, like we, we used to watch Titanic <laughs> all the time. No, nothing wrong with that. You had to, you had you to switch I mean? tapes, didn't you, for yeah. Titanic? Because it was literally you did. It was so long. Two yeah. VHS thing. <laughs> yeah, amazing. So, I I used to I used to work at Tower Records, and when Titanic came out, the video uh, my boss at the time was like, "We're gonna make a giant Titanic the front of the boat out of VHS tapes," mm. and we stacked yeah. this thing up. Right, it had to be seven feet tall. I kid you not. And he's like, "We're gonna sell every single one of those." We moved maybe <laughs> twenty, thirty of them. I love because people I love, are like, you know, I'll rent it, but I'm not going to buy it. But anyways, um, like a, like a, like a, it's almost like art now. If you have like a bunch of VHSs, it's like an art piece. Well, there is, there actually is an art installation, uh, somewhere in the desert. Some guy took every, he requested every copy of Jerry Maguire all over the world and he built a shrine out of Jerry Maguire. They actually, and, uh, in, um, it was a gallery 1988, which is an art gallery in, in Hollywood. They, Yes, I know this gallery. I have purchased some stuff for my dad from there, which I have not gone to pick up, even though I bought it like two years ago. <laughs> Good reminder. Still there. But they they built a their next door, they did a they did a mock-up video store to look like Blockbuster, but everything's Jerry Maguire. Every single VHS tape is Jerry Maguire. And they took all those and they built a pyramid somewhere in the desert. So anyway. That's amazing. That's amazing. Um, what's your favorite cheat food to eat while watching a movie? Oh my God. Um God, I love like, you know, um, obviously popcorn, super buttered popcorn. Yes. Uh, 
has I to be. I love Twix. I love, uh, <clears throat> which I think they, I don't even know if they call them this anymore, bonbons. Yeah. You know, they have like bonbons. Oh, yeah, they sure do. They know, you know, they have the little ones now. Uh, obviously, that's a huge one. And uh, I love French fries. Love, love, love French fries. What kind though? Steak fries? Crispy ones? What? Really crispy ones. Um, I either dip them in ranch, ketchup, or um, um, <laughs> yeah, that's just one of the one of the, <laughs> a giant bowl of French fries. Yeah, dude. Like, so good. Yeah. So good. So we're in a pandemic right now. A lot of people want to exercise, but it's it's obviously much more limited where where you can go. Is there is there one exercise as a strapping young fella that you would recommend for somebody just a great overall body weight exercise that someone can do? I literally think if you did like, you know, push-ups every day, 100 push-ups, keep going to like 200 push-ups, like literally you're using your whole body, it's going to work out everything. And uh, it's also nice and challenging as well at the same time. So I, I think that's one of the best things anyone could do is, is, is push-ups. Just roll out of bed just like you know, Christian Bale does in American Psycho. <laughs> yes. just, yeah. yes. And then maybe kill someone uh, for lunch yeah. and then do yeah, some more. Put on some Huey, <laughs> kill somebody. Yeah. Actually, Dustin knows I was trying to get him on the push-up train. I'm like, come on, dude. Uh, you know, last 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 year when we were able to actually get Oh, last year person, was push-ups. This year it's burpees. And I'm like, I, you know. Oh, yeah, I'm doing burpees. Burpees. Yeah, have to. Yep, three thousand burpees every every hour. I'm like, nah, that's so good. That's so good. And it's stretching, stretching yeah. so important, which I don't do enough of. I need to incorporate more stretching. That's it's yeah. an important part of you know that actually creates strength as well. So totally. stretching ups, nothing else. Nice. Okay, Dustin, get on it. <laughs> okay, last last question. Last question. Okay. okay, if you had one token left and you were in an arcade. What video game would you put that token into and play? Okay, so there was this game I always loved playing. I forgot the name of it, which is terrible. It was like these little guys that had these like machine guns that would shoot. Contra? Like, no, it was, um, oh God, it was like, uh, you throw these like little grenade things. I, how could I forget the name? I haven't played it in a long time. It was always my favorite game. Um, any of the shoot 'em up games. I loved having like, like the little, you know, the little guns and shooting on the screen. That was always my favorite. Always my favorite. But uh, I'll say NARC. which one? Narc. Oh, right. But like when I when I was younger, I'll say this when I was younger, my favorite, favorite video game still to this day was Goldeneye on Nintendo. That game is considered one of the greatest, like the golden era. No Genius. pun intended. Yep. Mines, throwing those mines, yep. exploding them. Anyway, it, it was gold, pure gold. <laughs> Agree. Yeah. Good. Thank you for playing along. <laughs> yeah. Two dollars, six questions. Done. First one, inaugural. Love it. Love it. When you're a huge star, that's what we're gonna say. We teach it our first it's fun. You get to know people this way. I think it's good. Look, you know, Jesse, um, it, it's it's sincerely, I mean this in the in the most humblest way. It's really an honor to have you on the show and to just talk about your career, a little bit of everything. It really means a lot that you came on to talk to us. Thank you. Oh, you guys are so great. I had such a blast. Well, I, I, we'll, we'll get my dad on here. We'll do another one together and we'll reminisce and you'll just, we'll, we'll have a really good time. He'll have a cigar while he's, while he's talking. Of course. About it. Yeah. It'll be, it'll be really, really Cuban. It'll, uh, it'll be fun. We'll have a good time. And uh, yeah, you guys were so great. Thank you so much. I had a great time. This was so much fun. Thank you. It was just a blast. And and for those people that don't know, because this is audio, uh, yeah, you're you're like your little handle and you can go to our in Instagram and check it out. It says passionate rocketeer on here. So, uh, <laughs> That is I'm telling like, you, dude, that's a t-shirt. So good. But, but it's so good. Perfect. I don't know how <laughs> it really uh, is perfect, man. Yeah. I like it. 
I'm like, it's our next movie we're going to make. Um, no but yeah, you can find me at Jesse Cove on Twitter and Instagram. Um, and um, yeah, I love reaching out to fans, chatting with you guys. So thank you guys so much for having me. This has been so much fun. Yeah, and check out D-Day for sure. Check out D-Day. That's, thank you guys. that's the top of the list. I'm going to check out VFW. VFW, yes. No doubt. Thanks, Don't Jesse. Don't want to your kids. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> and uh, we'll talk to you soon. All right. Thanks, guys. Take care. Thanks, sir. Oh, listen, I just wanted to say goodbye and remind you that the good guys always win, even in the 80s. All right. Thanks so much for listening. We really appreciate it. Don't forget to subscribe and give us a four... Is it five-star rating? (laughs) Don't forget to subscribe and give us a five-star rating on iTunes. We really... Don't forget to subscribe and leave us a five-star rating on iTunes. If you listen to us on Spotify, that's great too. And you can find us on the internet. (laughs) Don't forget to check out our website at $2LateFee.com and follow us on Instagram and Facebook at $2LateFeePodcast. We'll see you next time. We did it. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.